Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's Fonger News, and we have someone joining us, a Newport Harbor High graduate, class of 20. He's now going to be a senior at CU Boulder. He's a buff. Brendan Carley, what's up, Brendan? Not much, thanks for having me. No problem. You know how many times, I mean, people are gonna wanna be listening to this episode. I've had in the past, Bonger, do you have a CU Buff episode coming? Do you have one coming? I'm like, yes, I do. But more importantly, you just got back from Florence, Italy, and we're about to unleash the summer in a broad series. A lot of you all locally have gone through different experiences, and we'll talk about CU, we'll talk about Florence, and we'll talk about what you're doing this summer. But first, we got to take care of some uh, paying the bills, and we are sponsored by The Journey Whiskey. It's brand new. It's only available in Missouri and Southern Illinois by hockey player brothers, Sean Pronger, a Mesa Verde member, as well as his brother, Chris Pronger. So the Journey Whiskey, I've had a sip. I've had some a taste of it. You can't get it yet. It just was released this week. Missouri and Southern Illinois will have to get you and your dad some. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah sounds great. <laughs> I got to try it. All right. Let's talk first Colorado. Why Colorado? How did you get – and I love the buff in the background. <laughs> Obviously, Dion wasn't there at the time. But how did you decide on Colorado? Why Colorado? Uh, someone from Southern California. So originally I was born in Denver, but I was going through high school and I just never wanted to go to a California school. So my junior year, I was thinking about colleges and my parents obviously brought up CU and I was like kind of iffy about it because I wanted to go to the East Coast. And the summer before my senior year, I visited um, like a bunch of East Coast schools and I liked them. But then I went to Boulder during the fall of my senior year and I ended up going to a football game. It was awesome. I went to a fraternity party as well. And then I went to a Denver Bronco game on the Sunday that I was there. And Boulder's like the best campus that I've been to still. And I've been to a lot of campuses. It's beautiful. The mountains are awesome. Um, I just fell in love with it right away. So that's pretty much why I went. And it's been the best decision ever. Well, Boulder is a very beautiful campus. It's one of the campuses I've been on. And I went in the summer and you, that beautiful mountain landscape. Now, we didn't see the snow on the top, but I just tried to visualize it. Boulder's the number one fittest city. I mean, it's outdoorsy, right? So a lot of people think of, hey, I'm going to go to Boulder, Colorado. And let's just cut to the chase. Are there a bunch of tree huggers there? A bunch of like uh, granolas? Or is it... Talk to me about the the clientele, the student population. Um, there's definitely the a good amount of those people. <laughs> there's a lot of hikers, a lot of people that um, are vegan, stuff like that. So, I mean, if girls are into the vegan stuff, there's plenty of options for that. But you can find whoever you want there. Like, I've made some of the best friends I've, I will ever have. I'll be friends with them until the day I die in Boulder and I'm not a tree hugger necessarily. So you can find whoever you need out there. It's, it's awesome. All right. Let me ask you this. Cause I'm just thinking of when we start talking about tree huggers, are there furries on campus? I actually haven't ran into any surprisingly. I thought I would, I thought I would run into a lot, but there's none of those, which is good. <laughs> and for some that are listening to this podcast, right? Parents that don't have any college students, they may, or anyone listening might say, what the heck's a furry? Why don't you explain what a furry is? I'm pretty sure it's just a regular person who dresses up as an animal and pretends they're an animal for their whole day, which is not what I would do, but all the power to them, I guess. And there are campuses, I won't mention any, but there's one in Eugene where there's a lot of furries. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. You, you talked about Boulder being one of your top campuses of all time. I mean, since you've been on a few campuses, where would you rank it in the top list? And I'll verify and confirm because you know how many campuses I've been on. But I do think CU is a beautiful campus. But what would you not compare it to, but where would you put it along the lines of that you've been to and visited? Okay, so I've, I've been to when I was visiting colleges before I committed to CU, I went to Syracuse, UMass Amherst, Providence College, all those colleges. Um, on the East Coast and 
they were they were really nice. It was the summer, but part of the reason I didn't want to go to Syracuse is because I just knew it was super cold, like way colder than Boulder. So I just knew that that's kind of how it was on the East Coast. And I didn't think it'd be as pretty. And then I, I visited Washington, University of Washington, and that's a beautiful campus. I'd, I'd put that right next to Boulder comparatively. But other than that, I've been in Wisconsin. It's like kind of in the city, so it's not, like I would say, pretty, but it's a very cool campus. But I just think Boulder has best of both worlds. They have Pearl Street, which is downtown, but it's a five-minute walk from campus. And then they have the University Hill where all the students live, and it's just all pretty around the mountains. Let's talk about you you mentioned Syracuse and I've been on that campus too but it was in December and there was a lot of snow right someone may from coming from southern california may may think of CU Boulder like oh my gosh it's cold it's snowing talk to my audience about that how cold is it is it severe what do you need to prepare for so in the fall semester it's it's not cold at all i mean it might snow like once or twice towards the end but it's it's sunny pretty much the entire year even when it snows like it'll snow one day and then the next day it'll be 40 degrees and sunny and you can wear just a hoodie and pants it's going to be a little slushy so you might need some boots but other than that it's it's great weather it's my my dad actually told me this saying it's funny it's uh, if you don't like the weather in boulder just wait 20 minutes because it'll probably change like it'll rain one minute and then 30 minutes later, it'll be gone and it'll be sunny. So that's what I have to say about the weather. And you know what? It, you're you're dead on about it, it might be cold, but there's sun yeah. outside. And those of you who are listening, I have a daughter obviously at Washington that just graduated and a daughter at uh, Wisconsin. And in Washington, you may or may not know this, it's cold and gray most of the time. But in Wisconsin, it's cold and you see the sun. So I never really thought about that until Julia mentioned, she goes, who cares? It's cold, it's snowing, but there's sunshine. You see blue skies. So you're shaking your head. Yes, I'm assuming that's very similar, which is a good thing to hear about Boulder. Yeah, definitely. The sun makes a huge impact because it if it's cold, but the sun's beaming on you, you feel good. And especially being at altitude, the sun's a bit closer to you as well. So it feels a lot warmer than it really is. But did you have that sun lamp or did you have the vitamin E or is there a lot of pasty pale people walking around uh, in, in the winter time? Yeah, I mean, during the winter, the UV index isn't very high. So you're definitely pretty pale, but it still feels nice to be in the sun. Okay. You've been to Madison. Now, uh, some may argue that Madison's the number one college town, party town, but then Boulder is highly ranked too. People can claim to say, hey, Boulder's the number one college town, party town. You've been to both. You've experienced both. How would you compare the difference? Someone might be listening to this and say, well, you know, let's face it. You're going to school to learn responsibility and and you're going to be out there socializing. Talk to me about that aspect from Madison to Boulder. Yeah. So I've had the benefit of being able to go to Wisconsin twice um, in my three years of college and it's a great school. They definitely know how to party over there. Um, I'd say the biggest difference between Boulder and Madison is Boulder's super strict about fake IDs at bars. So you really don't go to bars until you turn 21 in Boulder. So I'd say the house parties is like the biggest thing in Boulder. Nobody really goes to bars until they turn 21. I haven't been 21 in Boulder yet, or I, I, I have been for about two weeks. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's the biggest difference because Wisconsin, the bar scene is very big over there. Even if you're a freshman, they have freshman bars and uh, Boulder, they don't really have any of that. You could go out to restaurants and drink in Boulder, um, which is really fun, but that's kind of a more expensive thing to do than just going to 7-Eleven and buying a 12-pack with your friends and drinking it at your house. Uh, that's for when Mr. Carly's in town and Mrs. Yeah. Carly, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, we'll, and we'll get to those questions next. But you're absolutely right. Well, Wisconsin, you can drink with your parents at the age of 16. So um, it, it starts very, very young. And you're right. Specifically, there's bars for freshmen 
But, you know, for those who want to listen, just go listen to another Wisconsin podcast. Here's a question. If you say fake IDs are tough and they're very strict and you could claim the fifth on this, have you ever had a fake ID taken away? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been lucky. <laughs> Do you know friends that have had fake IDs taken away? Yeah. Yeah. There's this. Uh, so in Boulder, the University Hill is like where all the students live off campus. They're from sophomore to senior year. And there's a 7-Eleven right on the corner. And that's really the only place you can buy alcohol underage. You just have, unless your ID doesn't scan. But there's a, a liquor store right next to it called Rose Hill Liquor. And if you go there underage, there's, there's no chance. Like, I, I still feel like I'm going to get my ID pulled and I'm 21. <laughs> like, it, it's so scary going in there. But, uh, yeah, that's like a, a huge problem. It's, it's hard to get alcohol. Brendan, you are giving these, uh, this type of information is why people listen to this podcast, like the real true raw stories, right? You talk about Rose Hill Liquors. They're not going to serve um, and sell to minors, fake IDs, and it's on University Hill. You talk about Pearl Street. You talk about, uh, you know, what it's like, right? So let's let's talk about the house parties. Let's talk about, uh, before we get into the Greek life, but undergrad, I mean, that's that's the college experience, freshmen, sophomores, right? You don't have a fake ID. You're not going to a bar underage. You're having these house parties, fraternity parties. What's that like? Um, so my freshman year obviously was really different because of COVID. So the house parties weren't as big, I would say, just because a lot of the cops would get called and they'd get shut down pretty easily. But then sophomore year, once things started to open up, there was We'd always have uh, fraternity parties like every Thursday, Friday, Saturday to go to and just random house parties like upperclassmen in my fraternity would have uh, parties at their house if nothing was going on or uh, girls that you know that are living off campus. You could go to their house if they aren't living in a sorority house. It's basically just whoever decides to host <laughs> one night, everybody goes there. It's it's really awesome. It's it's a lot of fun. There there aren't really rules, and everybody kind of it. Everybody's in the same area. There's not not really a problem with anybody getting there. You don't really use Uber in Boulder because it's everything's in walking distance, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, no, like people drunk driving or anything, which is really nice. So everybody, when you're walking around too, you run into a lot of random people and start a conversation and. Uh, it's it's really fun. And that's good to know because that's cost effective because I see the Uber bills of both my daughters in Washington and Wisconsin and I'm like, they don't have cars. So it that's a plus for those that are listening. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Greek life. What fraternity are you in? Uh, I'm in SAE. All right. And there's a few Southern California kids. That's it. it yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Explain to my audience, because it seems like this is the way with every college. If you're from Southern California, these are the fraternities that are most likely take you such as the same thing with sororities. And that's, and that's nationwide, uh, different yes. universities. So talk, talk to us a little bit about SAE, the rush process, if you kind of remember that far going through it. Because, you know, there might be some parents out there going, I don't want my kid to rush, either being a male or female or, or the student may say, I don't know if it's for me. I don't want, I don't want to be hazed or whatever. Uh, what was your rush experience like at SAE from a freshman? And now that you're a senior, I know there's a transition where you go from freshman to sophomore to junior, and now your senior year. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So uh, my rush process was super weird just because of COVID. Uh, it's very non-traditional. Like nobody would ever experience that again. I I knew one person in the fraternity, but he had graduated the year before. So he was like, uh, would have been a fifth year if he decided to stay, but he graduated, if that makes sense. Um, but I reached out to him and he got me in contact with somebody in the fraternity. And then I ended up meeting up with this guy and went to the house and kind of just met a bunch of brothers. And then I ended up getting an interview and I, I guess I did well and I, I got offered a bid. So that was pretty much all. I really only met up with the brothers in the house before bid day, like once, maybe twice. 
but being in the house has been awesome. And I know being a senior now, like I'm, I'm pretty over it. Like You're I, the old man. Yeah. Yeah. And I was on exec last year, so I'm, I'm going to try and stay as far away as I can from the fraternity my senior year, kind of just enjoy my last year, not really get caught up with anything because it can sometimes be a little bit stressful, but it's definitely worth it. Like I've met some of my best friends, like I said earlier, like I will know these guys till the day I die. They're, they're going to be my best friends forever. So I definitely uh, suggest rushing SAE if you go to Boulder, but also if you don't want to go to SAE, just rush. It's, it's a great, great opportunity. What are the, and you don't have to rank them in order, but if I said top tier, like when I say top tier, like the top four, what would they be? I'm just going to rank it off like how many friends I have in other fraternities. I obviously SAE, but I have a lot of friends in Kai Sai, Cap Sig, and uh, Pi Cap at Boulder. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan just said where he has his most friends from, right? And they're all comes from all avenues. Let's talk sororities. Where in that same classification, where would you say most of your friends that are females, what are the top sororities? Um, I'd say Pi Phi, DG, and AFI. I don't really know many people outside of those three fraternities, or sororities, sorry. Maybe like a, a couple, but. And that's your community in itself. Right, yeah. I mean, you're seeing, we just kind of talked about what type of students are on campus. There, there's 33,000 students, right? And that's probably maybe 7,000, 7,500 each class. But your own community, you're making a community within a larger campus, which is the Greek system. You talked about the house parties. You talked about the transition of going, you know, as you're a senior now. And you have to be excited. I mean, the first game is going to be Labor Day weekend, Colorado at TCU. You'll probably have a huge house party, right? Dion's there. What is the tailgate experience like the last couple of years before this hype all started? Yeah, I I still think we kill it in the tailgate department. We We absolutely sucked last year at football. Like, we were awful. And we would always still – I mean – some people didn't make it to the games, uh, especially in the last half of the season, just because they didn't really care when we were one and eight and we had to get beat by like 45 against Oregon. But we we always wake up early, a couple hours before the game, we're pre-game or a couple hours before the <laughs> the tailgate, we're pre-gaming. And then we're all we're all always there. The, the Greek life community is always fired up for game day. And I'm sure this these upcoming years with Dion here, it's just going to be that much better. And our our basketball team's going to be really good too. We got uh, the number one recruit in the nation coming to Boulder, so we're going to be fired up for those sports games for sure. Yes, Tad Boyle, the head coach of Colorado basketball. How many basketball games? And, and obviously, you know that's why it's called the student manager. I was our student manager of a basketball team. Love hoops. How many hoops games uh, have you been to at CU? I think three maybe um i've been to every home football game but they the student pass at cu it gives you like last year it was 160 bucks and you get to claim a ticket for every home football game and every home basketball game so it's a great deal i think it's going to go up <laughs> next Absolutely. year beyond uh <laughs> but i'm still going to buy it so it's a steal and a half and yeah, it's it's just awesome because whatever I think basketball games are either Friday or Saturday and and football games are obviously Friday and Saturday, but it's just something to look forward to and you can do it for free basically. So it's awesome. And you know what? As your alum, like I tell Julie and Sophia, it's even gonna be more fun going to a game once a year after you graduate. You won't be doing the house stuff. You'll be actually kind of they always say, Oh, we get to go like do it nice and sailgate or into a nice tailgate i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what happens so and all those friends that you said friends for life you'll be doing it with them and, and maybe right. with parents too how often do you make the track down and i always talk about a college being a one-stop college i consider cu a one-stop college from southern california you fly direct to denver and then you take a 30 45 minute drive up right you're not transferring connecting planes 
how often do you get down to Denver? Or do a lot of students get down to Denver? Maybe not so when they're not 21, but I mean, talk to us. You're a big Rocky fan. You're a big Bronco fan. How often do you get down there? Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge Denver sports fan. That's also part of the reason I wanted to come to uh, Boulder as well. I'm down there. I would probably say I'm one of the most, or I, I go down to Denver the most out of all my friends, but it's it's a great time to go down there. I think at least three to four times a semester, there's uh, a big group of us that will either go to this club called Temple um, in Denver or just out to bars. And especially now that we're 21, we'll be going out there a lot more. And you, going to Rockies games is always fun. That's more uh, like a summertime thing. But late fall, it's also fun to do that. And uh, sporting events just are the best. So a lot of people will go to Broncos games, Rockies games, Avalanche games, Nuggets games. It's it's a great time down in Denver. And it's super easy to get there. All right. We're going to go back to Boulder. When the Carlies are in town, where is a place you're telling your parents to take you where they're going to treat you and your friends? <laughs> okay. So the place that we I would go to every parents weekend, it's called Frank's uh, Steakhouse or Frank's Chop House. But it's actually gone now. They took it away this spring semester, uh, so we don't do that. That's not going to help. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> You're right. Okay, who's in the bullpen? Yeah, we like going to this place called My Neighbor Felix. It's good Mexican food, but they also have these thirty-two ounce like margarita pitchers that you like share with everyone. It's it's fun time. But uh, the hotel called the Saint Julian. I feel like that's where we always go. It and it's not necessarily for food, but it's it's just like a nice bar and they have a bunch of seating. Uh they don't really care if you walk around, roam around and the parents feel pretty welcome there. So the St. Julian Hotel, that bar down there is where I found myself every parents weekend. All right. Now that you're 21, or what would you recommend is the best bar? are for students to go to where you're going to be frequently visiting this fall this year i'm going to be uh the downer a lot that's probably our best bar they got pool tables and just a pretty i mean cheap drinks for boulder <laughs> not very cheap for the rest of the country i don't think but that's pretty much where everybody goes and then another place called rosetta hall um it's not really a bar it's more of like a a club, I guess. Um, a lot of my friends will DJ there. So I go there, get them out, and it's always a good time. You're hungover. You're waking up. Where are you going for your brunch or your morning, whatever you call it? <laughs> yeah. So freshman and sophomore year, I would always get uh, this thing called the Baby Kong from Deli Zone just because it was a, a quick, like, two minute walk from my house. It's Two eggs, cheese, hash brown, uh, avocado, and like there's sauce, and it, it's a sandwich. It's really good. But um, this past semester, fall semester, me and my roommates always went to the Buff. It's a breakfast spot. Dion actually did a a video review of it. He liked it, so I think it's pretty good as well. It's not too expensive. The Buff. All yeah, right. yeah, the Buff. It's uh, it's it's great vibes in there too. You just got back from Florence. Yeah. Study abroad. Why Florence? Um, I was choosing between Florence and London. And it honestly just came down. I know this probably isn't the best answer, but it just came down to a lot of my friends were going to Florence. So I thought, why not just be with my friends and share the experience with them instead of going to London where I wouldn't really know anyone? That probably would have been tough in a foreign country if I just went by myself. <laughs> so so at CU, your abroad has nothing to do, your abroad experience has nothing to do with your major. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, it could, but I, I just took all electives when I was in Florence. Uh, but that's also just me. Like I, I'm a, ahead on some of my major credits, so I, I could afford to just take only electives. But I had some friends that were taking major stuff, so. I didn't even ask you, what is your major at CU? What are you going to graduate in? I'm a, I'm a journalism major. So yeah, there, it, it would have been weird for me to take journalism 
Italian courses, I don't think it would have benefited me much. So, yeah, but I do know a bunch of my friends who took like a business class over in Florence. So how long was your abroad experience? Uh, I was there for about a hundred days. Okay. Did you have a visa or was it? No, I, I didn't. I messed that up. I, I didn't have a visa, but I, I was traveling outside of the EU for a little bit. So I, uh, I got by, but yeah, definitely get a visa. Cause I, I fucked up on that like bad. <laughs> All right. So explain that because this is the part where parents and students want to listen to talk about what you did wrong and what you should do in advance with the visa. Yeah, the my visa situation was purely my fault. I was um, cleaning my room to take pictures of it so I could get a sublease for the semester. And as I was cleaning, I like piled up all my trash on my desk and my passport was on my desk. And I ended up throwing away my passport like a couple days before I was going to apply for my visa. And you can't have a visa without a passport, obviously. So I was freaking out, couldn't find my passport. Ended up just like calling it quits and had to get a new passport expedited. And it was a process It took about two weeks. And then by then I only had like a week before I was going to Florence. So the visa process takes like a month. Like if you ship it to wherever you ship it and then they have to ship it back to you. So I kind of like a rare, rare occurrence of throwing away your passport. But I would say a lot of my friends were stressing about the visa the whole time and just get it out of the way early. You don't want to be stressing about it because my friends that did it like two months in advance, they were they were free living <laughs> up until they had to leave for Florence. They weren't stressed about it. And being stressed about the visa sucks because you really can't enter the uh, the country they won't let you enter the country without one unless your flight is scheduled for less than 90 days and, and that's the key that 90 days and there's a limit so those of you who are listening uh take it from user air experience brendan carley <laughs> failing to prepare is preparing to fail get your visa have your passport ready now you stayed there for all, a little under 100 days where did you stay Let's talk about just Florence itself. Were your roommates from CU or did you expand and actually say, hey, I'm going to go meet some other people from different programs? <laughs> no, my my roommates were from CU. I, uh, we oh, actually, boring. Yeah, I know. We, but we, we opted out of the abroad student housing. Okay. And we, we found like an Airbnb in Florence. Uh, so we just... It was me, my friend Carter Shannon, who I believe you know, and then two other of my friends from Boulder. Um, we had we each had our own room, which was super nice, and it was just like a like a little local Italian kind of Airbnb. We were we were really far from everyone else, but we were in a very nice area, and it wasn't very expensive. So I, I would live there again, but yeah, I I would suggest like if you're if you're going with friends, I would suggest living with your friends. It makes going abroad a lot easier. It does. For example, like Julia stayed with some friends, but then she met new friends, which is, I think, think which is great. You hit on something because she had some friends staying in different parts of the town. Um, so let's hit on that because most of the students probably are living in, in, in a little area. How hard was it to get around and, or, you know, to go out or be, or how far were you from your classes and then just to get around and see some of your other friends? Yeah. So in Florence, the, the city is kind of based, like the main part of the city is on one side of the Arno river and we were on the opposite side of everybody else. Um, so like the, my classes were a 20 to 25 minute walk every day. My friends were like a 30 minute walk every day, like to go to one of their houses. Um, it's super, it's a, it's a walking city. You don't drive anywhere. You can take a taxi, but taxis like a 15 minute drive or a 20 minute walk because the taxi has to go around the entire city and then uh, drop you off. So it's, you really only use a taxi if you're just too lazy. 
um, you don't feel like walking, but it's, it's a super walkable city, especially if you're not on the side that I was on, like my buddies who were staying on the correct side. <laughs> so easy for them to walk around. It was like a 10 minute walk for them wherever they went, which is awesome. Now your classes, what days were there? What times were they? Because this is important. And were they flexible, right? Where you were able to take the weekend off, talk, and then what about how many were you able to miss? Yeah. I know I asked you a lot of questions, but this is something good for parents and students to listen to. Yeah. Um, so I, I took four classes abroad. The first class I took was like a, it was called an intensive course. And it was Monday through Friday from 12 to 3. But it was only, I think I only went like 14 times because it was like, uh, it was a three-week course, but we didn't have uh, the class on the last Friday. So it was 14 classes um, from 12 to 3. And that was the first three weeks. But then after that, we had our spring break and then we came back and my schedule was Monday, three to six, Tuesday, three to six, Thursday, three to six, and that's all. So uh, it was pretty light schedule, to be honest, but you could only miss two classes a semester, like in the whole semester. Um, the third class you missed, you'd fail the class. But I didn't have class on Friday, so it wasn't really a problem with traveling on the weekend. I did leave on Thursday once and missed a class, but like I said, you, you can miss two, so it didn't matter that much. So now let's get to it because you're there probably a, what, three months? Four months almost. How many weekends did you actually stay in Florence? <laughs> That's a good question. I I stayed in Florence like most than or more than most people. I I honestly think that I did do my fair share of traveling. I went to Ireland, London, Switzerland, Morocco, Portugal, and I'm missing one. Oh, Amsterdam. So. Uh, those obviously took up an entire weekend, but then I also did a lot of traveling just within Italy. Um, and those would be like either day trips, uh, or weekend trips. But I was, I was in Florence probably about half the time on the weekends and, uh, somewhere else, the other, the other half. So besides Florence and we'll, we'll get into Florence, where was your favorite place to visit outside of Florence in Italy? Lake Como by far. It's the, I think Lake Como might even be like the, one of my favorite places I visited in Europe. It's the most beautiful place I've ever been. It's amazing. And uh, <laughs> I went with eight of my buddies and we squeezed into an Airbnb that fit four people. So there's uh, two people sleeping on the floor, one on the couch, and then the rest like squeezed in beds. It, it was, uh, it was really funny, but the most beautiful place ever. And we got to rent two like speedboats and go out on the lake. Um, it, it was a great time. And what about inside Italy? I mean, there's so many places to visit and I'm having a lot of other students from different places in Italy, but what was your favorite? Lake, lake Como is in Italy. That's like my favorite place in Italy. See, I just told you. I can tell you my favorite place outside of Italy though, if you want. Yes. Okay. I went to Verbier, Switzerland to ski. Very, very cool, but I will say extremely expensive. But other than that, I would advise everybody that goes abroad to go to Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal, because that place is awesome. I loved it. Why? What What was your favorite thing to do there? I went surfing. The The bars, they're they're really fun. They have really cheap drinks, like $1 beers. That you can even take your beers to go, which is crazy. <laughs> you can just walk on the street. And then the the seafood is really good as well. They have, uh, they're kind of known for the seafood. And the people there are just super nice. We did a bunch of tours with like guides and the guides were awesome. So I think it's a, it's a great place. So a student that's going abroad to Florence, we kind of talked about living arrangements. 
where would you say, like, right, a parent's coming into town. I remember going into Barcelona. Julie had the whole agenda plan, where we're eating. And I'm like, this is great. I don't have to do any research. And a lot of you, what inspired me to do this is a lot of you guys exchange information each other, uh, with each other. So Florence, a couple days, Fonger's coming into town with your dad. Where, where are you telling us? Where are we taking you to eat? Like, if the parents are coming, where are we going to eat? And then the cost-effective route, where are you recommending? <laughs> Uh, so every time a parent came into town, we'd uh, get a reservation at this place called Trattoria Zaza. It's the biggest restaurant I've ever seen, US or Europe. It's, it's huge and it's packed every single time, lying out the door every single time. Uh, it's, it's really, really good food. They have everything. Although... Every time we went, they have pizza on the menu. And every time we went, we'd try to order the pizza and they'd be like, no, we don't have pizza tonight. <laughs> I swear they just have it on the menu. They won't let you order it, though. It's it's crazy. Uh, but the rest of the food is really good. So that's definitely a spot. And then this is kind of like a more local spot, I would say, because it's on the side that I was living on. And not many people venture over to that side of the river but it's called uh, Osteria Santo Spirito. And it's super good food. And it's very, very big portions. That's what we like to hear. I mean, this is the stuff we like to hear, Brendan, because the local flavor, right? Rather than the touristy side, those are the cool little spots. So what about some favorite, if I'm in Florence, let's go on the area where you lived in. What bars, where did you like to hang out? What were some of your top favorite places? We'd always go to this bar called the Michael Collins. The reason we'd go there because not many people would go and they had a dartboard and it is kind of like an underground type thing. So it was more, it was like a speakeasy kind of vibe. Almost. That's what I'm talking about. That's like my type of place. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was really fun. We would just go there, uh, drink Guinness. The Guinness at that bar is very good and just toss some darts around. It was, it was always a good time there. And then, uh, this other place, it's, it's more of like a, like an abroad bar, like everybody abroad would go there. It's called the red garter and we would, we would always be there. It's, it's a great time. Um, you could do karaoke there. Sometimes they have trivia nights. The, the people that work there are very, very nice. So it's awesome. What will you miss the most from being abroad? Uh, just not having that much responsibility because <laughs> when you're abroad, you, I mean, being back home, I've just noticed I've had, I have a lot more things to do, but abroad, like after you're done with your classes, you can just basically do whatever you want. Cause that's all you have to do. You just go out to eat, go get a drink. If you want to just hang out with your buddies. Like that's probably what I'll miss the most, not having too much responsibility. Also, if we're going to stay on the food topic, I I need to mention this. Best panini spot in Florence, Panini Tuscany. It's right near the Duomo, which is like the big landmark in Florence, like right in the middle of the city. I probably went there three times a week. It's, it's amazing. Great sandwich. And well, this is recommendation for students and parents. You probably didn't even use euros. Did you use your card all the time? Yeah, yeah, just my my debit card, just because. Well, should I say card. parents' debit card? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not much transaction fee on that, so. Exactly. I mean, when when we were in Spain, and Julia said she rarely carried euros, except there was this one famous. If you you didn't go to Barcelona, right? I, I never made it out. No. Okay. There's a sandwich place. She said, Daddy, just make sure you bring cash. Every student goes here. It's like the big place. Like, I don't know. Is there a place in Florence where you only were, they only took euros? That, that was a hot spot? I feel like a lot of places would, like, if you were to go into a, a sandwich shop or even like a taxi, for example, you they'd be like, uh, cash only. And then you just say, liars. I just, I, and I just be like, well, sorry, I don't have cash. And then they'd whip out their card <laughs> chip reader and then they would be like, they'd use it. But it's, it's weird. I, I don't think they like taking card, but they, yeah, everybody it's does. a transaction fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody does though. 
Right. It's the cost of doing business. We're going to transition to the last topic. You talked about responsibility. And I know we talked about this a little bit before. And you're obviously today you're 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 going out to Boulder because you're you're going to be working out there. But during this whole process, right now, responsibility comes. You're becoming a senior. Internships, thinking about graduation, jobs. While abroad, you had somewhat of a part-time job trying to look for an internship. Correct? Yeah, yeah. There was a, a good amount of times where me and my roommates would like on. I mentioned I didn't have class on Wednesday. We'd use Wednesday as like a an internship workshop day. We'd be like, all right, let's sit down. We're going to apply to 10 jobs today. We all have to do it. We all have to keep each other in check. And then somebody would drift off and start watching some videos on like TikTok. And be like, no, we're doing this. Like, come on, we got to do it. And uh, it got pretty tough. Like we all had interviews like at 10, 30, 11, 12 at night. And sometimes it was on like a Thursday when we wanted to go out, but our roommate had an interview. So we had to be quiet for the, for the time and we'd have to wait for him. And then it was tough some days and it's the time change is, is really rough. Yes, it was. And I could speak on Julia's behalf because she was going through that same experience. She'd be texting me. I had to get the emails early in the morning of the communication, how to respond back. And then she said, all right, my interviews at, you know, Barcelona time, eight or nine o'clock, which is midday here, right? So you guys got to prep for that. And then I said, then you're going out, then you're eating and drinking or whatever you're doing. She said, yeah. And it's the same thing. All her roommates were doing that together. So to give a little sense, I mean, that's a whole topic in itself. uh, When we talk about how to get internships, how to get a job, how many companies would you say you applied to? And then actually, how many did you interview with to get where you are today. And let's talk about that job. Yeah. Honestly, getting an internship this summer is probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I think I applied for like upwards of 30 like internships and I only heard back from about five and I only ended up having four interviews. So yeah, it's, it's really slim pickings when you, especially when you're abroad, because the email, the emailing to start off is super hard because I'll send an email midday, but that'll be 3 a.m. back home. And then they'll send me one back and it'll be 3 a.m. when I'm over in Italy. So it's just super delayed conversations. And I, I feel like that kind of had a factor of like, oh, this this kid's not even responding to me right away. Like, forget about him. Like, that's kind of what I thought some people were thinking. and like. The interview process, like I, I've never really interviewed for a job, so my first couple were pretty bad. I ended up getting the hang of it, but I still think it, it's definitely one of the hardest things I've done, especially being abroad. Well, that's why we have this podcast, and you know I could help you out anytime. The hiring manager walks people through that process. I have a lot of guests on. We do a lot of role playing, right? I mean, even prepping Julie all the time. Like, why should I hire you? Give me your 30 second elevator pitch. Well, what the hell is an elevator pitch? Like, you know, tell me three adjectives that describe yourself. Like why, yeah. you know? So anytime, Brendan, it doesn't start now because this was the only beginning of it. And you're fortunate. First of all, I'm going to say you have courage and it's a numbers game because I think I'll just go off of, especially doing it abroad. Julia did like seven or eight interviews. It could be like one or two, but only got hired from one. Yeah. Right. So you did one for four. Typically, I was going to say if you had in the pipeline, and this is for a job too, when after you graduate, if you have seven or eight, you're probably going to get one. But to get those seven or eight, it's tough, especially if you don't know anybody and it, you're going all through connections and contacts. So what are you doing in Boulder this summer? I, I'm like a sports consultant intern for uh, this guy named Corey Heights. He has a a prep school consulting job, and it it's gonna be really fun. I'm I'm basically just his little mentor this summer, which is cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, this year I think was very very tough for your class. I mean, you guys went through COVID, right? But just the class of twenty trying to get internships going into their senior year, unless it's a specific business or real estate, it's tough because of where the market is and what the economy is doing today. And 
I could just say, don't get down, be poised and know that this adversity doesn't, it's revealing the character who you are. I tell my kids this all the time. You're going to get rejected. It's not like all nice Newport beach, everything's handed to you. There is rejection in life and this is only the start of it. So we can just talk offline about that. I mean, I have it in all my other podcasts where we talk about how to get a job, how to enter internship, uh, how to interview. Uh, But what would you say besides the time zone, the time difference, if you can give any advice to a student or a parent listening, uh, and I don't know in your situation if you were able to do it sooner, uh, but what did you learn from this as you, as you head into your senior year? Would you, would you start your process earlier for graduation as just the same thing as would you start your process earlier for an internship? Yeah. I mean, starting earlier, there's no, (laughs) there's no cons to starting earlier. Like it, it's definitely a big thing. And I think the earlier you start, the more options there are, because I mean, when I started, I started pretty late and there's a lot of job listings that I saw that looked very interesting to me. And then you click on the link and it just disappears because they already have their guy, you know? So starting earlier is definitely a big thing. And also just not really getting discouraged, which is super hard. And I would say just being even keeled throughout the whole process is really, really big because you could uh, mess up on on an interview and get really down on yourself and kind of have that same attitude going into the second interview or you could kill an interview and be really stoked on yourself and then just botch the next one so just staying even keeled keeping the same uh, head on your shoulders that's probably the best thing to do and just in general what overall advice would you give to a parent or a student studying that wants to study over abroad or even if i'm going to come out to come visit their their student abroad what, what would you say that just stands out in your mind as we finish up this podcast? I'll break it down even simpler. When should I come out and visit you, Brendan? From my experience, I would say towards the end of the trip, because like you kind of mentioned earlier, Julia gave you all the tips and tricks when you were coming out to Barcelona. Like definitely let, let your kid experience it for himself, kind of get everything down let uh kind of get everything uh up to speed like get himself or herself up to speed with the city and then just kind of let your kids show you what they've been doing for the past three months you know like i i always thought it was cool like when my friends parents would visit and their parents would be super stoked when their kids like oh yeah this is where we do this this is where we do this 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 happened uh, here, like it's it's really fun to just watch uh, people just show their parents around, uh, give their parents kind of like a a tour per se. And I would agree with you 100. percent I I was gonna go out and visit middle of her experience. I mean, it's a blessing in disguise. Waiting till the end, what you just said and what I experienced. So we're gonna end on. I'm gonna put you on the spot, and <laughs> always learning, always developing because uh, this is. This is part of the student manager and the hiring manager, but we're in an interview and I'm going to ask you, Brandon, why should I hire you? Why should you hire me? <laughs> Here we go. All right. uh, okay. I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, pretty organized person. I, I'm very passionate about what I do I, or what I like per se. I, I like sports. I like being with my, my buddies. I like, making people around me better, making people around me uh, happy. So I think that's why I'd be a good hire. I'd, I'd bring the morale in the workplace up. I'd, uh, I'd do a great job in whatever you want me to do. How'd you like that? So what? So the other candidate just said that. Give me an example. Be more specific. <laughs> I, I don't like this part. I don't like that. I don't like what you're doing right now. <laughs> you on the spot right i know i hate that (laughs) but here's the key it doesn't matter what you say and how you answer it what i'm right here is a great learning lesson it's have an answer be prepared because 
you're just going to sound confident in whatever you say. I, yeah. I've hired so many people and I never cared what their answer was. I wanted to see if they were able to take, right? Because something's going to happen. Hey, Brandon, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Like changing audibles all the time. So this is a good practice. And this is what I do in the hiring manager. It's like, so I'll ask you, why should I hire you? But then I'll have that follow-up question, right? Because you said, hey, because I like this, I like that. So what? Yeah. Always answer, ask yourself, so what? Who cares? Like, I always like to say that. I'm like, who cares? Tell That's me more. It's a, yeah, it's a great point. Honestly, you right? stumped me too. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the key. Don't get me wrong. Don't feel embarrassed or don't feel like, no, I'm not. oh my no, God. It sucks. I have adult friends that I take through this process. They're like, shit, you would never hire me. They're like, they do the same thing. They're like, um, uh, and they're very successful. Right. Right. But yeah. again, having just that being prepared. Like if I said, Brendan, three adjectives that describe yourself. What would they be? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, I, I, I said one early, earlier, organized, pretty organized guy, happy, and I, I only got two. <laughs> okay. So, and then, all right. So stick with organized. Give me an example of you being organized. I have answered this question before, but I used to work in a, a warehouse for UFC gym and Working in a warehouse, you learn to get organized pretty quick because if you're not organized, you fail at your job. So just organizing packages and whatnot. And that's kind of a, an example of me being organized. There you have it. Brendan, Carly, you've heard everything. You've heard see you Boulder. You've heard life and experience of 90 plus days in Florence. But more importantly, if you're listening – and we're going to look back on this when you're very successful working in the sports career. If I get you an interview somewhere, you're going to say, <laughs> oh my God, that totally helped because now you're going to be prepared, ready to go uh, with anything, right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's been great having you on this podcast. We're going to have to do, when's the last time you had a whiskey sour? Do you remember that drink? Uh, it was, yeah, it was in Florence, but I, I had one. They're good. I'm all for it if you want to if you want to have a whiskey sour with me. Mesa Verde Country Club on me. We'll go play some golf, right? Yeah. And we'll have a strong whiskey sour. Maybe your dad will be able to join us. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, thank you very much. You've been listening to Brendan Carley, senior CU Boulder, headed off, internship, Fonger News, out.